what you're hearing right now is Gunner's gulping down his scotch. half gallon, half <laughs> gallon of, of ice water. <laughs> <laughs> I he was especially thirsty today, and uh, he really wants to rehydrate. So you know, it's, <laughs> I've been grumpy today. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. Children. Our little shits sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know how on the episode, like two episodes ago, where your mom and your dad were saying that they didn't understand you? No, they, the problem is I understand my son. I think he's the same as me, and that's horrible. <laughs> like, I am a horrible personality, except for, except for me. Like, I'm perfect. But besides me... Yeah. Everybody that I've known that's been the, my same personality, I really have not liked. I just do not like interacting with myself. I I have a son who is almost my personality type. I I know I know how he thinks, and uh, it's pretty funny because he doesn't realize that I know exactly how he thinks. And I talk to him. I'm like, yeah, and he's like, no, no, you don't know what I'm thinking, Dad. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. No, and then I'll tell him. This is what you're thinking right now. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I did this for my parents too, but this this whole thought process where you don't know, you're old, you don't understand what's going on now. I'm like, yeah, I thought those same things. I think when I was a kid. See what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know. Now, my parents didn't know, okay? No, really? They, would, they didn't no, know. No, I, well, I, I, know. I never really thought that mom and dad, lot. Mom and dad may have known, but they just weren't there. Like, I feel like I'm somewhat there for my son. I'm not, like, completely removed the way mom and dad were. Of course, they had 10 children. They I can two, see. Yeah. yeah, they had 10 kids. Like, and you were stuck you? in the middle, so. I'm number seven of 10, okay? Yeah. That's at the end, Floor. Well, middle end. Middle end. So either way, like they stopped. I think they stopped at Agatha. They stopped caring. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. Christian was kind of like Christian after Christian. Me, I'm really? I'm like the first of the really we don't care. And luckily I didn't care either. So I was kind of like just <laughs> wrote my own script of what was going on. Every once in a while mom and dad would come in and go, uh we want to be better parents now, so we're going to tell you what to do. I'm like, you haven't been telling me what to do for years. Why now? It's too late. Um, yeah. And then I hurt my hand today, okay? Oh. So this is also why I'm grumpy. Not today, yesterday. You should really stop punching walls. No, I was doing a drill, and I twerked it, and my, my hand, I didn't think, I thought that I had carpal tunnel when I woke up this morning. Yeah. But uh, I, then I realized, oh, no, it's from the drill yesterday from, it, you know, when it twists and it yeah. yanks your hand. But on the upside, the fence is almost finished. So yeah, we got a fence done. Yeah. Nice. So those things worked out nice. <clears throat> yep. Well, I think we can get into I think we can get into the episode. Shall we? Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult. The only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, 
discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Dawn, Thor, and Nathan. This is our second episode of Zion's Cult in Missouri. This is Dawn's cult, the one that he was in for 17 years. And if you haven't heard the first episode, go back and listen to that first before you hear this one, because there's a lot of we start off right in the middle of the story. Let me tell you, this is where it starts to get crazy. This is where where your eyes and your, your you just start dropping like, what the hell? And honestly, I thought and Nathan thought so as well, that someone should go over there and put this guy in jail. He is still there. Yeah, as you listen to this, there's someone, there's a guy in Missouri, this cult leader, who is committing these crimes and treating his people like you hear in this in this episode. Pretty crazy. And this is just touching the tip of the iceberg. I'm disturbed. Like, I've listened to this a couple times and kind of sickens me listening to this guy. But you're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's not a whole lot of laughs episode. It's a whole lot of pain and anguish and sadness. But it's a, this is exclusive because I haven't heard this cult covered in other podcasts. And so this is uh, when you hear about this, this is this we, is a story that you won't hear anywhere else. We got the scoop. Without saying any more about this, please enjoy yourselves as much as you can while listening. So uh, I take it your uh, first wife was one of uh, his. Well, so that, that was another thing. And uh, that was a very painful time. Um, so I'd already I had two kids with the, with my first wife, JW. She's the one that I, that came with me from Utah. And um, I had made a mistake. I had gotten too close to one of his other wives. She was 12 years older than me. I was barely not a teenager, so I looked to her uh, like a mom, but she thought of me as more. And because Roger felt like his rule was being threatened right there, he decided to um, to test me by having her get me in the middle of the night and then um, remove her shirt, which he indicated that because I didn't run away that uh, it was something I wanted that. And, and when she did that, she she said, sometimes fathers let, you know, let their sons have experiences with their mothers as a gift. She said that to me when she called, called me out. So I'm like, okay, so this is a gift. I'm, I was super confused. So she was in on it. In on it. She was in on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and those experiences never happened unless he orchestrated them. Well, and that's really, that's really hard because then when he's like, if you refuse a gift from me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, so that's so like you can't. Moral trap. So, it's like trapping you. There's no way out of that one. There's no way out. Um, so he, he separated me from my wife. He sent me away, sent me to live in a barn and spend a month trying to fix up this dilapidated place. After slapping the heck out of me, he had a he had a paddle, uh, three quarters of an inch thick plywood with holes in it that he called Brutus. And yeah, yeah, for real. And um, yeah, he he 
paddled my hind end black and blue with that thing before he sent me away and took my wife. And the sad thing is I didn't leave and it happened two more times. The thing that provoked it was smaller and smaller. It didn't take much to provoke him to do that. It started looking like I, I was only there to bring women in because I was because I was lonely and I and I reached out to a woman on the Internet and, and brought her in and, and we had kids. So and <laughs> no, I did not more than anybody yeah, after my first wife. So you, you've you found a second wife. You brought her in. Well, or the, you? the second one was actually one that was already there that he, he said that when when he separated us, that he was using me as training for her. Um, that we were never meant to be together, but she was a, she was one of the daughters of somebody else there. And we all, we were only together for six months. But yeah, I did something. I, I, I didn't feel the spirit at, um, at one very important time. And uh, and he's like, well, what you did was just heinous. You, you know, you, you were doing Lucifer's well when you made that judgment. And so he, he you know, separated us. Uh, but yeah, the third time I, I, I brought someone in from outside from a, a dating site. And because it, you got, you got game done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. But yeah, even that one, even after having three kids with my third wife, I still stuck around. Even after he separated us, even after he, Embarrassed me in front of everybody and, and said I was unworthy to be a father. Yeah. It's not like he was doing this. I mean, this was a total power trip, kind of like a engineered, like you're the yeah. whipping boy. Yeah. I'm gonna, and and he, he got off on that. He really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Um, the thing that started breaking my testimony was when he had separated me from my third wife. I tried to maintain correspondence with her, tried to tell her that I still loved her. And he got livid and he yelled at me for attempting to undo what he did. And he took me out into a dog kennel, had me pull down my pants and he would smack me with Brutus like a dog. Every time before that, when he would reprimand me, when he would strike me, I took it. I took it willingly. But this time I had nowhere to go. I was trapped. It's not like I would have left if he if he wanted to do it anywhere else. But he didn't even give me the opportunity to leave if I wanted. I don't know that that broke something in me. This guy's a class A asshole. I'm just, I'm just saying that he is. Yeah. I, I want to beat the shit out of him right now. <laughs> so I don't like hitting people, but he needs to have a coming to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did so? Did these? Did did these women you were involved with become his queens? Did they stay in? What was the what's well, the story? So the first one, JW, she became his like concubine. And the concubine was kind of a term that he used to describe a marriage relationship that wasn't sealed. At first, it seemed like she was going to be. It seemed like she had a chance to be. 
but she she messed up. What what he did with his queens, the way he reprimanded them, was always behind closed doors. Almost always. I mean, one time he like threw a, a cordless phone at one of his queens' heads, <laughs> struck her in the head when he was he was chewing us all out. And he just like in his rage, he like threw the phone at her and hit her in the head while she was coming to get it from him. Um, but uh, yeah, JW one time. He was working in his area and she and he wanted some coffee. So she got him some coffee. And one of the other queens like told him she warmed that up in the microwave and he ripped her a new one for warming up coffee. How dare you? That insolence, you know, um, yeah, JW was broken when I would talk to her. Um, she was a different person. Mm. She had no fire. And it, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad. After I left, he uh, joined her up with, with another guy. And he's a nice guy. So I feel better about that. The second wife he married. And she, she shared with me. Well, her name, we'll call her M.M. Uh, she shared with me at one point while we were together that um, that father had undressed her when she was 16 and uh, told her that one day she was going to be his queen. I don't know what else he did with her, but that was, yeah. Anyway, so it was after that uh, with her, it was like, okay, I know that this isn't going to last very long <laughs> because you just told me. But it was still, it was still pretty tough when, when uh, we got separated. It was yeah. still tough. Were the queens backbiting towards each other were they it seems did they were they competitive for yeah his affection? it seems like they they're throwing each other under the bus for something stupid like that and just well, like well everybody kind of threw everybody under the bus like was it the same feeling around did you have the same feelings and everyone had the same did i throw anyone under the bus no no, no i don't i don't mean that i mean like so when you well, first I, went into I, the i did actually <laughs> <laughs> I reported w when somebody in my stewardship was out of line. That's that's the way. That's the form that takes. Sure. I don't mean that. I mean like you didn't see any anything like any violence until three years in, right? It, well, for a while. I don't know the exact time, okay. but yeah, mm -hmm. but for a while, it seemed like it was it was it was long enough for me to create a, a very solid attachment. It wasn't it wasn't a very public at first either. It wasn't. Oh, that. And then it gradually became more. public. Yeah. yeah. So was the whole was all of Zion? Did it feel different? Did, yeah, did every, yeah. Did everyone's attitudes, were they different? Were the people changing or were they still the same? That's a good question. Happy people. Yeah. And, and was that so same vibe given that off? vibe? Was, that vibe faded. Okay. Over the years, when we stopped making progress, when the, the hydrogen thing, he put it on a back shelf and we were working on like technology companies and things like that. The that pure, wonderful feeling. I don't know if that changed or I changed. But probably both. Did the people still have the same zeal that they all had? I think there are some that do, but I know that there are there are cracks where especially mm -hmm. men, boys that are, be, are coming of age are getting disillusioned. 
Are there more men that were brought into it than women? Brought in or born? I'd say brought in, not born. No, I'd say that would be about even. But most of the women went to him. Mm-hmm. Went to went to RB. Just law of numbers. They didn't. He yeah. didn't need younger men. Right. He only needed enough young men for his own daughters that he couldn't marry, and he had a lot of daughters. There were enough for, to go around for a, a while, I guess. But his own sons had nobody. Mm-hmm. His own sons only had some of the women that came in. Are you in touch with a lot of these, a lot of ex-members and people who have gone out? Uh, not a lot. No, I, I would like to, to know more. There are more that I know are out, but that would rather not be contacted. Yeah. And I understand. So you're in the doghouse, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get out? Was it hard? Well, it was hard because... And this is another area that you really need to have sympathy for cult members. It was hard because I made those bars. It was my worldview. It was the fear of being cast off. Where much is given, much is required. And he, he held you to that. Where if you receive the light of heaven, you are more accountable to live according to that light than if you had ever never received it in the first place. So it'd be better for you not to have been born than to receive the light and reject it. People who, in his estimation, had been called unelected, if they turned on that light, they were sons of perdition, intended to be destroyed in the last day. Their spirit destroyed, not just cast cast down to to hell or anything. The worst punishment anyone can have. Even a murderer gets off better than a than somebody who received whom the spirit hath shown the son of God in his glory and then turned on it. So yeah, mentally, it was very hard yeah. to turn your back on that. So how did that how was that process? Did you just yeah. kind of just leave or did you was it, was it slower than that? Uh, was the spanking? It was the doghouse. Was that the end? No, oh, so no, no. That was that was the big. That was a crack. That was the crack, and it was the first big crack. I stayed on maybe a year and a half after that. I don't know exactly when that happened. You weren't married again, so this is after no, you took away your third again. wife. I had I met a few other women uh, on the internet. Either they were the first one was too ugly for Roger, <laughs> which <laughs> kind of shows you that it was his intention. For me to her. find some someone beautiful. Mm-hmm. She was overweight. And the second one, um, she caught on to the cult part and was trying to lead me away. And he caught on to that. And so I wasn't allowed to be with her. But I almost left just to be with her. Did so he was watching. He was seeing all your interactions with her. And- I reported to him because I was proselyting. So was this through, just for my information, like Match.com, Plenty of Fish? Um, Christian (laughs) Christian Mingle. Um, Yes, all of the the above. Okay. Facebook. Bumble. Well, it wouldn't be Facebook, it was MySpace. Uh, MySpace was actually the most successful. So this was back in the, we're trying to put it time Yeah, it was was pre-Facebook. Pre-Facebook. Yeah, this was like 2009 when I left. I I came in... uh, 1991, and I left in 2009. So 17 and a half years or so, if the math's right. 
the thing that that really broke it for me. I didn't break completely for years after I left. If that paints the picture any clearer Mm -hmm. that when I left physically, it was out of necessity and not because um, I couldn't have left before. So what happened? A couple of things like one time he just like beat the shit out of me because I tried to save his his data center in Kansas City. Some computers went down and needed or locked up and needed to be rebooted. And the only way I could get that done in time because he was unreachable, I couldn't get his permission to to give a password or something. The only way I could get it to be rebooted in time was to give the uh, the guy who worked at the data center the password for the machine that needed to be rebooted. It was a unique password, and I changed it immediately after logging in. But I told <laughs> RB, and he hit me and like open palms, slapped me, and he, he counted to like twenty five. Uh, with each each one, he kind of punctuated with uh, with a word that I didn't hear. Something about you shall not do blah 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 blah. And each time, just like whack whack bang bang, and I couldn't hear couldn't hear half of what he was saying because I was being pummeled. My mouth was bleeding. It was bleeding pretty bad, even halfway through. And I was black and blue at the end of that. And at the end, he's, he marveled that I'm amazed that you've stuck around this long. Things like that, he was admitting he was trying to get me to leave because he wouldn't cast me off. I would have to leave of my own accord. That was the way. People didn't just leave. You were the ultimate test. We were the, yeah. We you were the test to see how far he could actually push someone. Yeah, I guess so. He was testing you. Well, like of course, that he, he admitted to being a tester. He dealt the punishment and he did it because he believed he was God yeah. and that God tests his children. But he he only did as much as he could. And it, as time went by, he started off slowly it's throughout the years. He would add on more and more and more. He would give you candy at the end. But, you know, he'd beat you up every time for that candy. It sounds kind of like, I mean, you see this pattern in... Like even we're going to talk about Scientology uh, at some point, but David Miskovich um, would abuse and still does allegedly abuse some of his top people Mm -hmm. because at first it's just like a small, like a strike or pushing someone out of the way. And then it gets, Mm -hmm. he sees the door, he sees Mm -hmm. how much power he has over them. He's kind of, it kind of shows his power over Mm -hmm. people and he just starts beating on them. And you were expendable. As I say, you were a male. I'll tell you what, when a bully, when someone starts doing that and they, and no one fights back, Mm -hmm. they keep doing it. Yeah. That's when someone, when someone comes back and strikes, strikes someone back, if they touch them or whatever, they're not going to touch that person anymore. What ultimately caused me to leave the final straw? I, I did technical work for him. He would broadcast sermons to a satellite campus. Uh, that was uh, in another part of Missouri. And he was using some fledgling Internet technologies to do it for, you know, to mm-hmm. stream live video. Um, I was in charge of the of the film crew and um, the computer and the stream and everything. 
the internet wasn't terribly reliable back then, uh, especially for streaming. We sometimes had a bad bad connection, and and then the stream would get messed up for whatever reason. But uh, I would get blamed for it. If I had been righteous enough, I could have like parted the sea to make it happen. The internet sea. The internet sea. Yeah. yeah, the angels would. I would have been worthy to have the that kind of protection from the angels. Well, anyways, I, I, okay. no, it's not a logic thing. No, it's not a logic right, thing. I know, your I got fruit it. was a reflection of your righteousness. He would get progressively more impatient with me or yell at me more and louder every time that there was a mistake with that. And this last time, there was another transfer that needed to happen at the same time as the broadcast. And... He was very, you know, he, he had been chewing people out that before the meeting. So he was unapproachable um, unless you wanted to get smacked around, because if you bugged him while he was chewing someone out, you got you got hit. He his his anger was selectively righteous. <laughs> no, 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 it was it was always righteous. You know, you deserved it if you if you got in the in, in the crossfire. So I didn't I didn't bug him about that. I, I should have, even though I don't know. I, he's, he thinks I should have. And in retrospect, I'm really glad I just let the cards fall where they did. So the broadcast was horrible. It just and didn't work. These broadcasts are of him of preaching. Him preaching. Yeah. So the, the satellite office called him and said, Don messed up this time. We couldn't get a broadcast. We couldn't hear your word. Mm-hmm. And um, when he heard he, he called me in and like yelled at me, what is the cause of this great evil? And he he yelled at me and I'm trying to remember if he smacked me at the time. I think he did a little bit, but he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and he pulled me up to his eyes and he said, if anything like this happens again, you will suffer more in eternity than you can possibly imagine. A switch flipped in my head, like I don't control the internet, but I do control whether or not I'm there for it to happen again. So I told him it won't, you know. What else could I say? That's kind of what he wanted to hear anyway, but I meant it. I was gonna leave. Did he know that that's what you meant? No, but he he sent me away anyway. He occasionally would send us away. He would like exile us into a, a Motel 6 for a couple of nights to think about our evil. Did you get like uh, like HBO package? <laughs> like, sometimes that sounds great. Like, yeah. You know, if I had um, watched TV or ordered pizza or anything, anything during that time, he would have taken that as an insult. That oh. You didn't take that time seriously. <laughs> I know that would have been great. But, you know, I mean, he told me to pack my things and 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 get out of here. And I'm like, okay, another escape to Motel 6. Mm, I'm probably not going to see my kids again. So I went and started talking to my kids, you know, just, you know, trying to have a good experience. The last experience that I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to my daughter and when one of his companions um, found me talking to her, she she led her away back to go you know somewhere else. And how then, dare you talk to your know, own daughter? I, it, that's exactly how it was. And um, RB started yelling at me, and from from a ways away, he, he was stomping down the hallway. He said, "I thought I told you to get packed." 
And so I had to run to my room and I got packed and like I didn't get packed. What happened is I only he was he entered the room right behind me, kicking me constantly as I was, you know, kind of running around my bed. I, you know, just ran to my drawers, grabbed a few clothes, threw them on the bed, grabbed the top cover, hurled it over my shoulder and then started running for the for the exit. And the whole while he was kicking me and yelling at me. So I, I ran out of the underground and um, and when I got to the fence, he was pulling up in his truck and like would have run me over if I hadn't got out of the way. But I don't think it would have actually when he got past me, when he got outside of the gate where where we we kind of intersected. Um, he got out of his vehicle and started stomping toward me saying, I hope you're ready for this. I hope you're ready for me. And like, he was going to beat me up again. Of course he was. And so I dropped my satchel and I ran. I ran with, uh, well, it was, at first it was, you know, a little bit of fear. I didn't want to get beat up. But after that, it was, freedom. I felt as free as I had ever felt. It was exhilarating and it was wonderful. And later he would like in an, in one of his emails about it, he yeah, he said that he told the people that I was running like the devil's hounds were after me or something like that. And no, well, I mean, maybe if, but you're the devil. <laughs> and then after I left, I mean, so I, I, I found a hotel, went to their internet cafe, got my, you know, contacted my family, asked if someone would please like wire me some money so I could take a bus out to Utah. And, uh, and I met, met my current wife, which is a relative of yours. And, uh, <laughs> oh, it was after several years realizing that, okay, I'm not just cut off. It, it was never real. Yeah. It was just me wanting it so bad that, that I believed with such intensity that I made up the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, 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 it's hard to describe. It wasn't something that you can imagine that you could create that feeling for yourself. But it did. I, I imagine that there'd be a lot of kind of survivor's guilt over that or. I, well, you yeah, I'm, I, I miss my kids. Totally. And I feel responsible for the for the women I led there. But I can't do anything about it because they have their own bars that they made. Their kids do, too. They grew up there. They don't know anything else. Can we get into a little bit of of what you're dealing with now, having left like some of those things? Briefly, I've heard you say, talk about, you know, how it's impacted your your job when you first got married to. Oh, um, yeah. So, so your of, wife, I've had. So PTSD usually uh, ascribed to some some honorable endeavor, like uh, a, a veteran in a war. But. If you're afraid for your soul and you're, you know, beat up every other week, uh, that's, that, that, that gives you plenty of PTSD. When I first left, like I would almost dream every night of being stuck there and then wake up and be amazed that I was away, that I had somehow made it out. At first it was guilt, you know, at first I felt guilt that that I you know, that I had sinned and that I was away, but eventually it was 
you know, just anxiety that I had the dream. It's affected me in other ways, too. If I'm expected to perform an assignment, I'll be paralyzed uh, sometimes because I will be expected to learn the prerequisites for that assignment, you know, just at work and not be provided the, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be afraid that I wouldn't have the resources, which happened a lot in Missouri. I would be expected to come up with the resources because because RB is a cheap bastard. Um, and, you know, only pays for thing, things that, you know, I mean, we, we, when, when I was in Missouri, we relied on Linux for a lot of things. We only bought, when we only bought like cheap, the cheapest desktop hardware for our servers, which is a, you know, and if you're making a server, that's a cardinal sin <laughs> because they're unreliable. Yeah. So I, I, I have that, that penny pinching kind of an anxious when I when I when something might be more expensive than than I need to get the job done and and at work, I, you know, feeling like I can't obtain the, the resources or get the license for for something that needs to happen. But it's it's available. The channel is there and there our CEO has deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not like it can't be done. It's just me being afraid with money. Have you noticed any other kind of things that need to be deprogrammed out of your... Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't go to church anymore. I listen to hymns and it just brings me all the way back. And, and do you want to hear some of the hymns? I, I came across a hymn book today. I definitely want to hear this. <laughs> as yeah. long as you sing them. I, I can sing. And then, <laughs> interestingly... Um, everybody there can sing. Well, almost everybody. Anyone that's capable of carrying a tune can probably sing. The The wife of the prophet was a prolific poet and songwriter. She wrote a lot of songs. And she wrote uh, the hymn book. And uh, most of the hymns in it were based on uh, Mormon Latter-day Saint hymns from that hymn book. But with different words. So real creative here. But no, 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 no. She she had she had originals okay. also. So you know most of those hymns were from tunes from further back. <laughs> so this this was one of the first ones I heard, and it's actually I think it's good. I mean, it, it, the tune is is really inviting. And tell tell me if you heard this somewhere else because I've never heard it before. I mean, before I I, I heard it there. So it it goes like this. Why spend money on what cannot nourish and your labor on what fails to satisfy? Come unto the Holy One of Israel. Feast upon his uncorrupted words. Let your soul delight in fatness. Listen and you will live. Now, I, I realize after after reading it that this is from a psalm, but mm -hmm. she wrote the music. This is a real banger. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, is this his original wife? This was like, yeah, the the wife that he was he, with when he came into. The, is she still alive? No, she's she's still his first wife. Okay. Yeah. And how oh, was that? First wife. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in a lot of polygamy circles, the first wife has a special distinction. Mm -hmm. This one have that where I'm the first wife, so she's a little yeah. like the leader of the wives. Well, 
Yes and no. Um, so because we're based on it's and we can't call it reincarnation. If, if we say that it makes him mad, it's endless lives because we're all endless lived because we've been here before the big players in the scriptures are also there. One, his, one of his sons is Nephi from the Book of Mormon and Moroni was the same person reincarnated. Oh, oops, not reincarnated. You know what I mean? Relived. Relived. Yes. I don't know. There's, it's it's Re-embodied. But yeah, but you know. Repackaged. Mary and Martha and Mary Magdalene uh, from the New Testament, they're all there. And one of them is, is his first wife. And another one is another one of his wives. And another one is another one of his wives. And, you know, and he was Jesus Christ. Oh, but he was also Elijah. And he was also Buddha. And he was also, uh, who else was he? I don't know. That's all I can remember right now. K.A. was God the Father. And he was also Adam. And he was also King David. And he was also Joseph Smith. Did you ever meet K.A.? No. No, he died. No, very few people did. Only the people at the very beginning. But I have a document written by somebody who writes as though he was born in the 18th century. He was present when R.B. and K.A. had their pact. And he stayed with the LDS Church. But they were dear friends to him. He witnessed them going off and starting the cult. And it's an interesting read, but yeah, it does read like it was written in the 1800s. One of the things he writes about is that K.A. felt like it was time to go in in the beginning after he had told R.B. about his, his mission. K.A. felt like he and his wife were no longer needed. So they got on one of Roger's planes and they crashed it. Like they committed on suicide. Yeah, on purpose. Um, the person who wrote this this document said he, he knew that K.A. was planning on dying and that he, you know, got his affairs together, got his kids together and said goodbye and took R.B.'s plane and crashed it. And R.B. felt like after K.A. died that he visited him at a tree, a very prominent tree on his property no, K.A. didn't visit. It was his wife visited him and told him that K.A. and and, and she were in heaven now and, and they, that everything was OK and that that R.B. was prepared. He had all of the preparation he needed to do his mission. Wouldn't God uh, just take you up? Like, I, why would you need to commit suicide? It'd just be like, all right, I've done everything that I need to do. I'm going to. I'm going to twinkle him. Where is the twinkling? And and if you're going to commit suicide, why do it with an expensive plane? (laughs) Go go out of style. (laughs) I guess uh, there it is, the plane. Why not the moped? There's a lot that that went on there that you're leaving out. Just to kind of get like how much you you believed and how that still affects you today. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to ask you to share the story about your broken ankles. At one point in uh, in my time there, uh, I was doing electrical work. We had what we called stewardships. That was a responsibility given to us to be productive in. And if, if we magnified our calling, then we would be given a bigger one. 
one of mine was to do electrical work in, in some of our projects. So I was working on a ceiling fan and the ceiling fan wasn't working for some reason. And I thought I had diagnosed everything I could think of. So I, I eventually concluded that um, I was cursed and that's why it wasn't working. Being cursed, I felt like it was important that, I mean, the only way I could get uncursed was to express, you know, expression of faith and devotion. I, you know, contemplated what can I do? And the, the entrance to the underground, as I mentioned, they, it, the road goes uh, down a little path, a uh, quarter of a mile, and then it goes steeply down uh, into an underground opening. At the top of that opening, it was probably 35 feet from the, the pavement below where the, where the road is. I felt like that was a significant height and one that if God could catch me, that would be a miracle. That would be a, a true expression of devotion. So the next morning, it was a Sabbath, which they, they believe the Sabbath is from Saturday or Friday at, at sunset to Saturday at sunset. And uh, I went out there and I stood on the edge and I'm like, oh, it's a lot further down from here, <laughs> from this perspective. And, uh, you know, I got my determination up and I yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb. And I ran and I jumped and I felt like it took a really long time to get down, <laughs> a lot longer than it should have. But when I got down, I, I I rolled. I figured if it if I did hit the bottom, that I would need to roll. Um, it's good to have a plan B, <laughs> just in case. Oh well, I mean, it yeah. was reflexive, but uh, my ankles went crunch, and I felt the most excruciating pain I had ever felt up to that point. Yeah, and I couldn't walk. I couldn't. I, I couldn't get up. I just like, in spite of myself. I felt like I was like looking at this screaming, crying person from the outside and going, why are you screaming? <laughs> and uh, I crawled, dragged myself over to the entrance because this was the entrance to the underground. There was a, an intercom there and I, I hit the doorbell thingy. You know, I kind of got up on my knees as best I could and I hit it. And then when somebody answered, I said, I need I need help. I'm at the garage door. I really need help. And I think I was crying and they brought out a, a vehicle and carted me back in. And yeah, I had broken my heels so badly that they were well, the angle of my foot was unnatural. My ankles were super swollen. They had to cut my shoes off of me. Anyway, they brought me to the, I, I asked for a priesthood blessing and I couldn't get one because our beast said that I was, uh, that I had done an act of rebellion or something like that. And it wasn't until I acknowledged that, that he, that he would allow me to have a priesthood blessing, which I don't know how much it helped, but, um, the, the morphine helped <laughs> when I got to the hospital. Anyway. I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone actually because like in Mormonism, you know, uh -huh. LDS church, the, I've never heard of anyone being like, no, you are not allowed to receive a priesthood blessing. Like, it doesn't matter the most heinous people, we still give them a blessing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe we don't say all the things that like we would for someone, whatever, I don't know. But yeah, 
I've never heard of someone like denying that. Well, um, yeah. That, that, well, if, if Christ is there, he's like the, the, the key of the priesthood. So if he says what he says goes, you know. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't like spit on like uh, some mud and rub it on your ankles or something and be like, <laughs> you're healed. But no, there's nothing no. like that. Did he ever do anything like that with healing? There's a story that one one guy who who believes that he's um, John the Beloved was driving a, a tractor across a bridge um, on the Sabbath and he lost control of it because he was doing work on the Sabbath. He was cursed. He lost control of the vehicle and it careened down a steep embankment and it rolled over him and, and he got injured. They brought him up on the stretcher and then RB gave him the blessing. And then when they got them, got him to the hospital and got some uh, x-rays, the doctor said every bone in his body is broken, but miraculously all of his organs are intact. Um, and so he attributes that to this blessing. So every bone was broken. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. There, there it is, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that it gets told to new members. I mean, to visitors all the time that, that get close enough. And, and it's like, wow. So, so God really is here. Well, I had, I mean, I had a a van when I was a kid. I flew out of it and I Mm -hmm. ran over my arm and I had, Mm -hmm. no, I don't think I had a blessing. Maybe I did. I don't remember, but I didn't break anything. You weren't hurt enough to get a blessing. I wasn't hurt enough to get a blessing. You bounced right back up. Of course I did, because I'm awesome. No. How old is RB right now? I'm going to say he's in his 70s. He still has the strength to smack people around. Probably. Is he totally in control of this cult of Zion? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And does he have a succession plan where his oldest son or... I, yeah, he's, he is trying to raise up his oldest son to, to replace him. And uh, he... When, when, he, when I got there, when I first came, his oldest son was... Uh, as far as kids go, he was kind of an asshole to the other kids. And because he was the leader, he was the the head honcho among them, and they were expected to to respect him. And he picked on them, bullied them relentlessly. Well, of course. And how many members now? It was 150 while you were there. Or do you think it's increased or no, decreased? No, it's probably increased. I'm, I'm sure it's like over 250 now. Were you? You're not the first to leave. Um, or were you? Well, no, no. There, there are a number of people who came and stayed for a couple of months and left. I don't mean like I mean someone that stayed there for years. Um, there was one guy that was there in the very beginning that left right before me. Part of my courage to leave was because he left. Do you think that there would be? So some cults start off one way and go to another. Do you think that they would? They're capable of doing like a suicide pact or something like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't think they would, but I think they could. Were you at any point, do you, were you ready for that? Uh, that was never discussed. But at one point, uh, RB painted a, uh, a target on my shirt in paint that would, you know, with so much paint that it went through to my chest. Mm-hmm. So I had a target painted on my chest. And then that night, he, he tested me again with, with one of his 
companions. I don't know. She got naked in a room or something like that. And and I I had been told that I needed to be there and that there was a gift or whatever. And then RB showed up and he started beating me up. He he boxed my ears again to the point where I couldn't hear out of one ear and barely could hear out of the other. Um, and I'm, I'm my right ear is still still damaged, but he chased me out into the, the cavern. Uh, we called it the mine. And he had his gun with him and he pointed his gun at me and he like fired it off to the side and pointed it at me. And he said, run. And I'm like, this, this is this is a test. No, I'm not going to run. And I just stood there scared out of my wits, but you know, I wasn't going to run. And uh, he didn't he didn't shoot me, um, but I was yeah. ready for him to. A couple of weeks later, I had a big blood clot come out of my right ear. So, I mean, he was obviously uh, into polygamy. None, none of his followers really were, though. Uh, the, the the guy who was John the Beloved, John the he, Beloved. he had he had two wives at one point. Okay. And then another guy who thought he was Peter from the New Testament had two wives for a little bit, um, but nobody for very long. Oh, I he, think he thought he was Peter. Did. Like he, he that, said, uh, claimed RB it. told him he was Peter. Oh, okay, okay. The good, the bad, and the culty. And now we discuss what this week's cult did right and where they went wrong. I think that as a nice cult, I think that we should be able to, our members should show their niceness mm-hmm. and that might attract more members yeah. or at least it would make the world a well, nicer that, place. That's right. so, attracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm all behind that. I think, uh, I think if we as members try and be nicer, yeah, to uh, be, to be nice in heart A nice in heart. Yes. Then I think that, uh, that would be, that would be good. So, Showing you being happy. Do you have yeah. to be happy to be nice? I don't think you have to be happy. No, no. but but it's no. but being happy is is infectious. It is, right? And I think being nice is infectious. And being too. nice, is infectious. being courteous yeah. and kind. So is being an nice. asshole. Because sometimes I'm grumpy, and everyone around me gets grumpy oh, because that, I'm that's, being a real ale. That's that's what the the worst cult. That's okay. that's their tactic. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I'm following. Uh, what's his name? Nah, Garrison, Ford. Garrison, Garrison Ford. I'm following Garrison Ford and Gosh. the worst cult when I'm like that. I've been doing that today. Sorry. Yeah, you don't you don't want to fall into the the the, the worst side. So, what were were there any positives you took from the experience? Were there things like there's? Oh, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, I did. I, I learned I learned a lot, and I learned a I learned a work ethic, which which I don't think I could have gained somewhere else. As well, I could have gained somewhere else. Of course, I could, but not for free. <laughs> but was it free? No, 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 it was. It was everything. It was everything. So learning is good. But le- learning's good. Yeah, okay. yeah. I did. I did a calculation afterwards, and if I had the equivalent um, experience with a real college, and you know, making uh, uh, the amount of money a person would have made at the scale, and so forth. Yeah. Could you send him a bill? <laughs> if if he came after me, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would free free. It, it uh, would it would become legal. Yeah, yeah, because it's free free labor that he's yeah. getting from you. 
I, I sounds like we're getting into the bad. I, did we yeah. cover all the good? Good. I, I don't uh, know. Working as a community, though, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's yes. always nice. That's, that, that's, yeah. On the job training. Oh, yeah. 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 A fake college degrees. Yeah, fake college degrees. Oh, yeah. we could do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, if Trump can do it and this guy uh can do it. Because he gave himself an honorary title. We're not going to say what it is, but. That's doctor. Yeah, he gave himself the title doctor from his unaccredited school. Yeah. Could could we run an unaccredited school? Why not? Why not? We could could just give ourselves titles. We are, well. I want to be a doctor. I, I think really, I, I no, think doctor is so blasé. I think we need to say, you know, like generalissimo or moadib or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is just, you know, something. I think we should yeah. consider doing having a uh, an online online school. <laughs> I, how to be it, nice. niceness? Yeah, we can have we can have a course nice. on niceness. On yeah. how to be, yeah, uh, I like it. About the the stripping and the <laughs> and the, and the naked so dancing. The naked dancing. I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to have yeah. to move it over to the bad side. Yeah. I've been doing because, it myself. No, not because <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Listen, I I'm all for stripping and dancing for me, but um, the way it was done was completely treating women like they're objects. Yeah, like absolutely. it's the, yeah. so it's definitely on the bad because. Yeah. It's like your wives are prostitutes, mm-hmm. and uh, and you've manipulated them into into being like this is the mm-hmm. way to where they're yeah it's just, they you know, they believe that you're the that you're the savior and that if they don't do what you say then they're going to go to hell prostitutes without without being paid yeah yeah not not good yeah so, so that was that was a that's a big thing for me like that's the way that he would treat your yeah. your your wives and mm-hmm. and all My the wives. women i it seems to me like women were really mm-hmm. unimportant and they were just there as objects yeah and yeah definitely um so that's a that's a bad guy yeah. sorry as much as i want women dancing for me and i think oh man if i had that oh i probably would be pretty dang upset and i don't like bondage so that's a bad thing too <laughs> sorry guys no, bondage no. Is bad. Bondage, bondage sucks. Is, I just, bondage is bad. Why? Why the hell would I want to hit someone? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't get off some, on it. Some people, yeah. I guess, do. Yeah, some people do. I, I guess I'm too vanilla. I'm, I'm in your camp. Listen, there, I right? like to do funky stuff. Okay, I'll dress up like a chicken. Okay. <laughs> what about a? What about, I've seen that. Yeah, that was that was something. What about a paddle? Do we want to? Do we want to have a paddle to keep people in line? Uh, no, no, no. no. So, so this is this is all abuse. So yeah, not just the verbal abuse and the manipulating and all that, but the um the physical abuse mm-hmm. and just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and every single time getting more and more and more and more until I'll you know. And it's getting off on. It's like I can do this, and then next time I can do it even more. <laughs> right, but then, then what else you, can I do? Then you then you uh, return with an increase in love by what 
Porn? Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, yeah. Well, porn, but like you're by prostitution. By I think you start wife. off, start off with increase of love and just it, when you feel like hit, hitting someone, you buy them a personal pan pizza. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah if, okay. Yeah. If we've offended, if we've offended, that's not nice. So our way of making up for it is to buy them a pizza. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to work something like that out. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's our form of repentance. Maybe. I do like pizza. Uh, pizza. Well, who? Very few people don't like pizza. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, so we've had a couple good ideas. So we thought we would possibly some sort of course or in University of Niceness and trying to express our niceness to the world. This is what we're going to adopt. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cult. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cult one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cult... Join the nice cold. <laughs> I think um, because we're we need to do we may not be able to have maybe not have the time tonight but we need to do that cult commercial that we should have a commercial in the middle of our broadcast at some point to say hey, and now we're from our sponsors and it's the nice mm-hmm. cult okay we should do a placebo bebo nice cult commercial brought to you by placebo mebo and whatever yeah. yeah. Or Renoblo. Yeah. Renoblo placebo. <laughs> We're not going to do Renoblo. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's a nasal so thing. Good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it blows. It's an atomizer. I should have Renoblo. Callie, she was going to work. Uh, this is 12 years ago or whatever. She was, or 15 years ago. She goes to work and she's like, you know, this nice girl gets out gets in there she's like hey everybody i just did a 10 minute blow job <laughs> and she's like so excited and i was like uh jaws are dropping like what well, what are you doing i was like yeah i just blew dry my hair in 10 minutes <laughs> like Oh, you need to know what that term means. And I had to explain what that means. Well, like, we can we can make it less. Yeah. If we can call it Ronaldo because that's closer to placebo anyway. Ronaldo. No, Ronaldo. A Ronaldo. A dildo. Okay. All right. This is going the wrong way. We have to change our ratings. No, we're we're already mature, are we not? No, we're not. I don't really. I don't think we go. We're not trying to go for anything under PG thirteen. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Most of it. In fact, if we had gone into R, I would have a lot more to share. And that's not good. I don't think it's not good. good. It's frightening as. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think we could go mature. I don't mind going mature. I'm just saying put a mature rating because of the subject matter. This is not something for kids to be listening to. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. 
but I don't know. There are plenty of teenagers, though. There are plenty of teenagers that get sucked into cults. Yeah. Yeah. I really think, though, that PG 13, it would be. Yeah. <laughs>